This is Tiger Hall. How can you best align business leadership with a social purpose? Somebody who's learned a few things about how to do this really well is Naveen Menon. Naveen is Vice President of Strategic Execution at Cisco. And until not long ago, he was president for Cisco in Southeast Asia. As you'll hear from our conversation, having a social purpose is really important to Naveen. One of the ways this shows up is in his work on the board of Cisco Foundation. I just love this topic. I could have kept talking to Naveen for hours about this, but we've managed to keep it fairly bite-sized for you listeners. Okay, Naveen, we're going to be talking about aligning business leadership with social purpose. I'd love to hear a bit about your personal journey with this, and then we'll delve into the business side of things. So starting more personally, can you define what social purpose means to you? Yeah, so social purpose means a lot of things. It means being responsible with your choices primarily at work, the employer that you choose to work for. It also means being respectful of your own team and your customers and your stakeholders. But also, I think it has a bigger implication around, okay, what exactly is your company doing? What are you doing? And what role do you play within your company to shift things for the better? When I was starting out in my career in management consulting, I was really keen on making a big impact, particularly with CEOs and boards and getting exposure to CEO level issues. You know, I was an engineer and I was trained to kind of optimize reactors and distillation towers and things like that. And I wanted to do something bigger. And so my goal initially as a very young new graduate was to actually work on something bigger. Working with a CEO or a board was something that was very aspirational to me. And so I applied for jobs in management consulting. And it gave me that opportunity to work very closely with investors, but also board members and executive team leaders, including the CEO. So initially, it was about that kind of impact. But as I started to sort of progress in my journey with AT Kani, I realized that I was interested in making a wider impact and using the influence that I had with CEOs and with boards to actually make more responsible choices for their business. And then I looked around me and I saw all of my partner colleagues. And Kani at that time was about close to 300 partners worldwide. They all had amazing influence with CEOs around the world. And so I thought, mm, wouldn't it be nice if we could actually take this position of privilege and turn it into something positive for the world and the planet? And so the journey to purpose actually really began there for me. It began actually at the Aspen Institute in Colorado, where I went on a retreat with my colleagues from Kani, 12 of us, 12 partners. And we spent a lot of time walking in the mountains and thinking about our purpose and our goal in life, but also the goal for the firm. And that came out of the space that was created from walking in nature that I sort of realized, you know what, maybe I should do something to align the partners to something bigger than this. And so what I did is I came back with an idea and I shared it with my wife. And my wife was like, oh my God, that's a terrible idea. Why do you think of something bigger than that? Like, for example, how you can change the world. And I thought, that's a really good idea. It's not big enough. And so I sat with her and we talked about it. And then I went back in February with a much bigger idea, which the partners loved. And I got massive funding from the partner pool to sort of launch a social impact practice within AT Kearney. And it came out of those conversations with my wife, but also from the time that I spent in nature walking in the mountains in Aspen, Colorado. So I think that everyone has their own journey to purpose. And for me, it was about doing something bigger. And it started from a very young place where I came right out of university wanting to do something big. But it evolved as I grew and I became older into what is big now. But who knows what I'll think of 10 years from now. Yeah. 
I love that story with your wife. <laughs> Wives are always right. <laughs> it was really the biggest influence, I think, for me in the change that I wanted to create was actually coming back home and talking about it with my wife. And then secondly, I think evolving it with the partners in Kani really helped. I think what I really learned the most about is that you can't come up with these ideas just by sitting by yourself, either looking at your laptop or meditating or going out on a bike ride. Yeah, you'll have great ideas, but talking about it, bouncing those ideas with people that you trust really improves those ideas, I think. Yeah. I think a lot of young people listening will probably identify with that. That phase after university, we all have such big dreams and we want to do good in the world. And then quite often the corporate world sort of stamps out <laughs> that that drive. Yeah. Yeah. Could you tell us a bit how you've kept that that sense of wanting to do social good and how you perhaps personally balance your big role in a large MNC like Cisco and all the benefits that comes with, as well as this personal goal to contribute and give back? Yeah, so my privilege is that I feel like I've been given the opportunity to work with very, very good people. So very early on in my career, I was counseled and coached by two partners in AT Kani, and I still count them as my coaches today. I think having those kind of great influences around me has been really helpful. And I do count that as a privilege because not everyone has that choice or luxury that you may be at some stage in your career where you're like, you know, I just want to get into a good job. I want to get a good brand on my resume. I want to get the right experience. I want to get the right pay. You know, I've got debts to pay off. That's all great up to a certain point. But I think you should at some point also look around you and go, do these people share my values? Do they share my interests? Do they push me? Do they help me get to where I need to get to? Am I able to talk openly and honestly about my aspirations? Am I able to get the right support? And if the answer is no to that, and you've actually gotten past the brand that you need on your resume or the compensation you need to pay off your debts, then I think the question is, are you willing to take a leap and actually start again? And I think that's a big choice to make because frequently your life has changed by that time. You may be 10 years into your career and you may be thinking you've got other priorities at that point in time. But that's really, I find, a very critical point where some solid coaching and some good life choices actually will help to make that leap. But I really think it's the people around you, especially around me, they help nurture me. And it's not just work or colleagues, obviously. I mentioned earlier about family and the importance of family. That is my answer to that question. It's a pretty straightforward answer, but it's not easy to execute on, I think. Hmm. It's probably quite easy to lose sight of if you're working in corporate, you have a big fat paycheck coming in every day, you have got a busy schedule. You have to factor in time to get the social purpose element in there, right? Yeah, true. You have to. But on the other hand, I've only ever worked at three large companies. I think the entry into Cisco was one where I felt like I had the choice to kind of choose a company to work for that I felt had the right value system. When it came to the point where I wanted to transition out of consulting, I just made one phone call to a person that I really respected and I wanted to work for. And I said, one day, I'd love to work for you. And that was all I said. It didn't have to be today. I said, it may be in five years. But literally within three or four weeks, we were already in conversations and I had an offer to work for him. And the reason why I chose him was because of his value system. You know, He showed over the years that he cared a lot for his stakeholders. And so that's why I thought, okay, great business leader. I learned a lot from him, so I'd like to work for him. I didn't just talk straight away to headhunters. I just called the person that I wanted to work for. And I knew that he'd made the right choice to work for Cisco because Cisco as a company is very much committed to social purpose. In fact, our social purpose actually is to impact positively a billion people on the planet by 2025, which is an absolutely incredible ambition. And we're almost there. And actually, it's externally audited by one of the big four accounting firms. 
So I know that's built into the DNA of the company and everyone that you work with connects to that purpose. So then did I lose sight of it along the way? Probably not because I joined a company that believed in that social purpose aspect as part of their core philosophy. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you have to be intentional about it. And you know what's really funny? <laughs> I've just noticed your t-shirt. Yeah. So listeners can't see this, but Naveen is wearing a t-shirt that says positive impact in, <laughs> in big letters. That was intentional for today, was it? <laughs> um, actually, it's one of my favorite t-shirts. It just happened to be, yeah, it's actually a t-shirt I got from Cisco. <laughs> okay, so last question for you on the personal side, then I want to sort of merge this into the business side of things. I mean, just any key lessons you've learned along your journey of aligning business leadership with this goal of social purpose? Yeah, so I mentioned the point about how important it is to work with people, the right people. I think there's a few other things that I've learned. The second one is, I think especially in today's world, it's important to have expertise. There are a lot of people who have opinions and a lot of people who broadcast opinions. There's lots of activity on social media, but there's also a lot of misinformation, bias, and not really very fact-based kind of arguments. So it's important to have real expertise, and that means science-based expertise. The other thing I think it's it's very important is if you believe in social purpose, I think it's important to go out and practice what you preach, as in how you live your life should demonstrate that. Like if you are in, say, the nonprofit space and you're driving around with three cars, that doesn't really gel congruently with, Mm, you know, your purpose. And I see that a lot, actually. I see a lot of social purpose leaders or social impact leaders or nonprofits or philanthropists who are outwardly interested in saving the world, but don't necessarily live their lives in the way that they can demonstrably, you know, be credible in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Right. So the congruency matters between what you want to achieve in the world and how you live your life. They're not two different things. They're the same thing. Hey, sorry to so rudely interrupt my own conversation, but I just wanted to let you know that this is a Tiger Hall podcast. Tiger Hall is the world's leading social learning platform, and we have hundreds of interviews just like this with amazing senior business leaders from around the world. These can all be accessed via the Tiger Hall app, which is free to download. You get free content every month and new stuff is uploaded every workday. I hope to see you there. Okay, moving our conversation into the business side of social good, how should businesses look at social purpose initiatives and evaluate if they align with the company's values and mission? Yeah, so for this, I mean, we have to sort of define what is business because there's this broad spectrum of business. So on one hand, you've got the profit-making entity Mm. whose sole purposes exist to make profit for shareholders, right? On the other hand, you have philanthropists whose sole purpose is to give away money and not expect anything in return other than just to give the money away and hope that money lands somewhere good. There's a lot of stuff in between. Like, for example, there's social entrepreneurs. Social entrepreneurs are people who are for-profit institutions that have a social purpose. So their primary goal is to actually drive social change, but in a profitable way. You have not-for-profits or NGOs that are there to sort of drive impact metrics as opposed to making money. So they operate according to a budget and they have to drive certain outcomes, like how many kids were educated or how many teachers were educated. And then you have something in between, which is like family offices, and then you have foundations. So business is a broad range of stakeholders. Depending on the business you're in, I would say try to understand what is your role. So I can tell you from my perspective in Cisco, I work for a profit-making institution that's publicly listed and whose primary goal is to drive shareholder value. Yeah. But I also am on the board of trustees 
for the Cisco Foundation, which is a not-for-profit entity, completely separate from Cisco Systems Incorporated. And that is a 501c, it's an independent 501c in the United States, whose sole purpose is to issue grants to nonprofits. Business can actually do that. So if you look at some of the large companies coming out, they usually have a for-profit side and a not-for-profit side. So if you're working for a company, try to get involved in both sides if you can. If you're working for a not-for-profit entity, try to see whether the impact metrics you're getting are actually valid and are actually making real impact. Because sometimes the measurement framework is wrong. Sometimes we're measuring the wrong thing and we're saying the impact is great. But if you're measuring it in a different way, you might find that the impact is not so strong. So I would say, how do you align it? Well, I think you need to look at what kind of business you're in and then decide, okay, based on that business, are we actually making an impact according to the boundaries of that business? If you feel the boundaries of that business is too narrow, then join another business or try to work with other companies. Like, for example, I found it quite helpful to work with non-governmental organizations like the World Economic Forum, Ashoka, Changemakers. Those are really good because then you can expand your sphere of influence beyond the company that you're working in. And and you can actually just volunteer. Like if you're, say, a mid-career professional and you feel like your role is quite narrow, say you're doing something in finance or something in marketing, you could actually just reach out to someone that you know in LinkedIn or reach out to someone that you know from school and say, can you put me in touch with so-and-so because I'd like to volunteer or do some work on the side. And then as long as you get that approved by your company, you could actually go and make a really big impact without even realizing how easy it is to do that. Nice, yeah. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask you was how organizations can integrate social purpose into daily operations and decision-making. I'm not sure whether that's quite relevant for Cisco, given that the foundation is so separate, but anything to share on that? Well, I mean, that is possible, and it's possible to do it in many ways. I'll just talk from a Cisco perspective. I mean, for example, one of the biggest issues in global warming right now is urbanization and, of course, transportation and industrialization around, say, factories and automation. So if you think about that, as we're constantly producing more and more things and we're using more and more energy and people are moving more and more into cities and, you know, consuming more, we could actually reduce the energy footprint of each individual by actually being a little bit more clever about the way we utilize resources. You know, if you are, say, working in Cisco networking, you you can get involved in our sustainability initiatives around smart buildings because we have technology that allows you to build new buildings that actually consume 90% less energy than the buildings that were built just a few years ago. That's significant because then you're working on something that's really you're interested in, but you know it's a profit-making entity, but it's still driving some massive outcomes. Similarly, if you are, say, interested in manufacturing, if you want to reduce the environmental footprint of the manufacturing operations, you could get involved in some of the private 5G deployments that we're doing and industrial automation work that we're doing with our partners, because that will actually enable you to kind of optimize workflows and actually reduce energy consumption and improve efficiency of operations. So those are really purposeful projects, but they're all profit-making projects. So... One thing at Tiger Hall that we've always wanted to do, and Nelly, our founder, who you know, one thing right from the beginning she said is, I want there to be a social purpose element to Tiger Hall. So now we've got a group of people, actually quite a lot of people put their hand up. So going back to the personal side of things and people wanting to have that social purpose side to their work, quite a lot of people put their hand up to get involved, which was great. But yeah, we're right at the beginning and sort of slightly finding our feet with how to find the right causes And so I suppose my question is, how can we get over these initial sort of finding our spot? I mean, our company mission, as you probably know, is 
where you come from should never get in the way of where you want to go. Like We want to work with education charities and making sure that people can fulfill their dreams through education. One of the things that we're finding at the moment, actually, we're reaching out to lots of causes that we would love to work with. They're not replying. <laughs> They're not getting back to us. Wow. Okay. This goes back to my earlier point that I made, which was you may have some great ideas, but you've got to bounce it off other people. Get a small board together of influential people who have got links into the large charities. For example, in Singapore, there's a charities commission. Go and approach some people like that and go, like, these are the situations that we're facing with the charities in, here in Singapore. What can I do? Because we want to do more. Don't go with ideas, but go with the openness to sort of embrace ideas coming from others. The other thing I would suggest is start with one or two things and just keep at it. Because sometimes the idea evolves. As you start to implement the idea, it evolves. And everyone's on a different social purpose learning journey. Some people are at the early stage where they just want to, for example, raise you know, $100 because they want to run a marathon and they want to raise some money for cancer research, for example. Great. Fantastic. And that's a great start. It's a fantastic opportunity for people to get engaged in a fun activity. Sometimes it's good to just get started with a small initiative, mm. and then build from there. And then thirdly, you might say, I want to sit on boards, or I want to be on the foundation board and actually help raise funding. So there's even deeper levels of engagement. So the point is, there's a journey. And everyone has a unique journey. And so the idea is to actually try to find somewhere to start. And it may not work right away, but you can keep iterating it and building as you go along. Oh, that's great advice. Are there any specific obstacles you've encountered when trying to align business leadership and social purpose? Any stories you can tell? Of things that didn't go well? Yes, things that didn't go well, and then how you address them. When I first started out, didn't go well, was that I made some wrong choices. I was given a fairly large budget at the time, and it was the first time I'd been given a big budget. And I was very hesitant to spend it, because I was constantly discussing and sort of arguing with myself whether it's the right thing to do. And if I was looking back at my younger self and I was giving advice to my younger self, I'd be like, try three things and just spend the money and go with it. You know, don't leave the budget and hope it comes back next year. But that first year that I didn't spend the budget and I could have made a huge impact with that budget and I didn't. So I have, I have some regrets about that, but the learning was very good because now <laughs> when I get a budget, I, I make sure to spend 101% of it, you know, and then ask for more. It is important to sort of, take that risk and go for it at the very early stages. And I felt like I made a mistake early on in my career in that space. Yeah, that's good advice. How do you measure the impact and the effectiveness of your social purpose initiatives? At Cisco, we have it audited. So if you actually go to our website, we have a website dedicated to social purpose impact. The foundation has a website, the company has a website, and the website has our CSR report. And the CSR report actually goes into the details of every single element of ESG and how we're doing against environment, social governance, etc. And our highest level purpose of impacting positively a billion people on the planet has a report actually which is about to come out, which basically will tell you where almost there. It may be out already, actually, I'm not sure. But it will tell you that we're almost there at a billion people positively impacted. And it breaks down exactly where and how. And it's externally audited and it's produced by one of the accounting firms. So we have strong metrics to do it. And when it comes to emissions and sustainability, we use science-based targets. So we use SPTI and we have a very strong scope one, two, three framework. Obviously, a lot of companies have that now. Okay, Naveen, I'm pretty sure I could talk to you about this for hours, but I'm going to wrap up. <laughs> could you give listeners some action steps? What would you suggest they go away and do or think about after listening 
to this, to start aligning business leadership to social purpose? So I actually published something on this recently, but firstly, I would say evaluate your own footprint, right? Go back and think about what is it that I consume? What is it that my family consumes? How do I live my life? What's my footprint? Where do I, as a family or as an individual, want to make an impact in the world? Think about that. I thought about that in 2012 when I was at Aspen, Colorado, but it changes over the years. So I think you, you need to keep reevaluating that. I would say that's the first thing is start with yourself and your immediate circle. Second thing then is go talk to your employers, particularly your direct boss and maybe some of your indirect extended teams, and maybe even be bold and go out there and ask for a meeting with the CEO, which I think would be the best way to do it and say, what are we going to do? What are we doing that's different? Ask tough questions like, what are we doing that's different to other companies? How is it different? Without judging it, ask questions. And actually, I think you'll find that many CEOs, or at least the best ones, would be very willing to hear from you. The third thing I would say is get involved in some nonprofit work in one way, shape or form, either in your local community, maybe through the company by raising some funds or maybe volunteering your time. And then try to see like what gels with you. Because there's lots of areas. There's environmental, there's critical human needs, disaster relief and stuff like that, or food and water security, women's rights. So there's lots of areas where if you volunteer, you'll sort of get a sense for which area you like. And then lastly, I would say do follow what government policies are coming up because government policy indicates where the cabinets are and where ministers are thinking. And if you feel like that's not working well, then do voice your opinion on that. Naveen, thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to a Tiger Hall podcast. Quick favor. If you like this content, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new upload from us. And of course, if you're hungry for more, and why wouldn't you be, don't forget to download the Tiger Hall app for hundreds more just like this.